Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad that you're able to join us online today. My name is Adam, and this is Jerry, and we're both pastors here at The Ridge, and we are in the last service of our One Minute After You Die series. We've been talking about all these questions when it comes to heaven and life and death. Now, at the beginning of the year, we sent out a survey asking people what questions that they had about the Bible or about their faith. So today we're going to do something a little different. Because we've gotten so many questions about this topic, you know, life and death and heaven, we want to answer some of those questions today. Now, over the past couple of weeks, we've answered some of the questions that we've been asked a lot as well. But today, Jerry and I are going to go back and forth, and we're going to ask each other questions that we've been asked by you related to this topic. It feels a little bit like Stump the Pastor, honestly, which is a little intimidating, but we're going to do our best to give you some really great answers. I feel like maybe to have started this, we should have flipped a coin or something to figure out who goes first, but I will just defer to your wisdom, and we'll let Jerry go first and answer the first question. So this is a question that my, my kids have, you know, they've asked me a couple of times. So here it is. Question number one, will there be pets in heaven? Dogs, yes. Cats, no. Next question. That's it. All right. Let's move it on. Okay. I'm just kidding, sort of. Um, as long as the cat belongs to my next door neighbor and hangs around my shed to kill the mice, then I'm fine with cats. Um, if you are not a pet lover, this question may seem insignificant to you. Six years ago, my youngest son got a golden retriever named Lance. And I like dogs, but I don't necessarily have to have one. In fact, when Lance is gone, I don't know that we will have another pet. However, Lance is the most likable dog I've ever been around. You can't help but like this dog. Here's a picture of uh, Zach and Lance as well. Um, now, Zach actually claims that Lance has a soul, and therefore he's concluded that Lance is going to go to heaven. And I'm not so sure I'm ready to go that far yet, but... Would I like to see Lance in heaven? Sure, I would. We know that this question is relevant because we also know how deeply some of you love your pets. And why not? They are God's creation. Plus, if you have kids, more than likely when their pet dies, you're going to be asked this question. And the most legitimate answer is actually, we don't know. Um, that's going to be the answer to some of our questions today. What we do is we take what we do know, then we draw conclusions, keeping that within the parameters of what the Bible says and doesn't say. So, will the pets we have on earth be in heaven? Will Lance be in heaven? I don't know, but certainly animals will be in heaven. For example, Isaiah 11 verse 6 says, in that day, referring to the future, the wolf and the lamb will live together, the leopard will lie down with the baby goat, the calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and a little child will lead them all. This shows the perfect harmony of created beings in heaven. So, if a child were to ask me this question, I might say, God loves animals. There will be animals in heaven. Golden retrievers will be in heaven, no doubt. I can't wait to see if Lance is there. 
All right, Adam. Okay. Question for you. All right, here we go. Will heaven be boring? Will heaven be boring? Well, I know that sometimes when we're up here and we're talking that people are sleeping. So I understand why people might have this question. So I think we can answer this directly. Will heaven be boring? Absolutely not. It will not be boring. I mean, what do you think about? Like just what jumps into your mind when you start thinking about heaven? For me, it's kind of like what you might see in a cartoon. You know, people floating on clouds, you know, strumming a harp, you know, maybe a baby with wings or something like that. It's kind of something like this. This is kind of what I think of when I think of heaven. I mean, you are a cute baby, Jerry. My it, goodness. Yeah, it, it removes the gray, but I'm a little chubby there, you got to admit. Chubby babies are the cutest babies. That's what I say. Um, so it's not like this. It's not like this. That's not an accurate view of what we're going to experience in heaven. But we think that heaven is going to be boring because we don't really understand how amazing it's actually going to be. How amazing it's going to be to be without sin, to be in God's presence. You know, so heaven is better than we can possibly comprehend. Psalm 1611 kind of says it like this, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. It's kind of talking about eternity there, and we'll have joy and we'll have pleasure with living with God. And that doesn't really sound boring to me. So no, you don't have to take harp lessons to enjoy heaven in eternity. You don't have to think about how to fly or anything like that. You just have to follow Jesus and heaven is going to be actually a pretty exciting place. So no, I don't think that heaven will be boring at all. Okay, next question. Question for Jerry. You ready? I'm ready. Kind of similarly, do we become angels in heaven? No, I don't think we do. The Bible gives no indication that that will be the case. Um, you know, you hear the phrase after someone dies that they got their wings. And I honestly don't even know where that came from. Maybe, uh, maybe from the classic Christmas movie? It's a Wonderful Life that we're about to watch again I mean, this it's year. a good movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. But. Yeah. Um, actually, in the Bible, it's pretty clear that when we die, we receive eternal bodies, not angelic bodies. Which, Adam, leads us right into the next question, yep. which is, will I have a body in heaven? And if so, what will it be like? So I think the short answer for this question is probably, like it's really likely. Now the Bible talks a lot about resurrected bodies, both spiritual and literal physical bodies. This is what it says in Job 19, 26 through 27. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. And I'm overwhelmed at the thought. So I think it's really likely that we'll have bodies and that we'll physically be with God. But that kind of leads me to the question, what kind of bodies? Like, what does that, what does that look like? What do you envision? You kind of want a, a body like the rock? I mean, muscular and tall or, or the most beautiful woman that you can think of? Or, or maybe you envision something like zombies, you know, like the walking dead or something like that. Our resurrected bodies will actually be perfect and they'll be free from all sin, and really restored to God's original intent, our original beauty. So I think our bodies will be how God intended them to be all along. 
So that means different sizes, different heights, different shapes, different weights, different races, different colors, but they're perfect. So no aches, no pains, no deformities, no disabilities, no illness, physical or mental, perfect bodies, just how God intended. And I agree. When I think about that, like Job said, that's pretty overwhelming and that's pretty exciting. That's pretty awesome. So I think we probably will have bodies in heaven. Okay. Kind of a different type of topic. Will I know my spouse, kids, family, friends in heaven? I sure hope so. Um, this is actually a question I've been asked a number of times. And the Bible gives no indication that we will have some kind of memory wipe that will cause us not to recognize our family and friends who are in heaven. In the parable that Jesus gave in Luke chapter 16, we refer to that as the rich man and Lazarus. They were able to recognize each other after death. Now, you'd have to be careful that you don't read too much into parables because parables have one main point and you don't want to try to draw too much from the details. But because Jesus is telling this story, it does certainly leave open the possibility. And when you read about the rapture and the resurrection, for example, like in 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul seems to make this a basis for hope. Not only will we be with Jesus, but we'll also be able to see those we love again. For example, 1 Thessalonians 4 ends by saying, encourage each other with these words. And it would not be much encouragement if we'd have no hope of seeing our loved ones again. Perhaps a good perspective to keep on Many of these questions, actually, but especially on this one is this. Everything in heaven will be new and improved. So whatever uh, we long for, whatever we long for now or have, just know that it's going to be much, much better in heaven. If you have even relationships on earth that are hurtful or unfulfilling or that you wish could be better, relationships in heaven will be fulfilling beyond what we could ever imagine. Now, oftentimes with this question, it raises another question, a hypothetical question, like, so, if I was married and then married again, which one will be my spouse in heaven? Can I pick? Well, seriously, I would say again, our perspective is so limited, um, more than likely we won't be married in heaven, but we're going to see things so differently then. Just know that everything will be better. So we don't have to worry about that. God has it all figured out. All right, Adam, another question. All right. Will we have memories of this life in heaven? I think that's a natural, natural question to have. I mean, so think of the very best thing that's ever happened to you. Now think of the very worst thing that's ever happened to you. Will you remember both of those things in heaven? Now, like Jerry just said, we'll still have our identities. I mean, Adam will be Adam in heaven. Jerry will be Jerry in heaven. You'll be you in heaven. However, I think heaven will be so perfect. You kind of that new and improved version of ourselves. So amazing. So mind-blowing that everyone will actually think very little of the current sin and pain that we experience right now. So Isaiah 65, 17 says it like this, look, I am creating new heavens and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. 
Now, I don't think our memories are gone, like we, we won't recognize each other or anything like that. I think we'll remember things, but I do think that our memories will be new and improved, which means they'll be healed. So those things kind of involved with sin or sorrow or pain or sadness or hurt won't come to mind because we'll be so focused on God and joy that comes really from being with him because we're new and improved. So probably is my answer. I think probably we'll, we'll have our memories in heaven. So kind of in the same vein, will we know what is happening on earth after we die and we're in heaven? We really don't know. The Bible doesn't speak to that. But remember, like Adam said, our perspective will be so much different um, in heaven than it is now. We will see God, we will see justice, and we will see love all perfectly. We'll have a new perspective. We'll have the big picture. So, for example, we read this in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All right, let's change subjects. All right. Next question. Is it okay to donate my organs? Now, I've actually been asked this question actually pretty recently. And a couple of weeks ago, we actually talked about cremation. And one of the reasons that people object to cremation is because we're doing something to our bodies after we die, and it turns the body into ash, and perhaps God won't be able to do anything with that ash. But we talked about how that's not a really accurate view. So go and check out 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 38. There, Paul is basically saying, if God is really God, then he isn't going to be limited by anything that happens kind of on this side of heaven. So he's not limited by cremation. He's not limited to what happens to our bodies when we die or after we die or limited by organ donation. So I think the same type of principle applies here. Why wouldn't it be okay to donate our organs? Well, only if we think it impacts something in eternity. So I would say, yeah, it's okay to donate organs. I mean, I actually, I actually do. You know, that's on my driver's license, a little heart in the corner. You know, we're talking about heart and lungs here. You know, we're talking about anything that we can possibly do to help other people. And honestly, I think donating organs is a great way to love people really well. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing? Just think of this scenario. Wouldn't it be amazing if your heart, your physical heart, went into somebody else that needed it, who didn't know Jesus, and because of your heart, ended up having the opportunity to surrender their life to Jesus. I mean, I can't think of many things that are more loving than that. So my answer would be, yes, it is not only okay to donate your organs, but maybe it's a really kind of cool and loving thing to be able to do as well. All right. So this is, this is kind of a, a tricky, sneaky little question. Will we sin in heaven? No. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, sin resulted in death, and there is no death in heaven. And one of the reasons we know that, obviously, is because God does not sin. He cannot sin. He's holy. And everything is new there, including the fact that there will be no more sin. Jesus died so that we wouldn't be enslaved to sin forever. Um, Hebrews 9.26 says, but now once for all time, he, meaning Jesus, has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his death as a sacrifice. 
All right, Adam, we have saved the two most important questions for last. And this next question is a great question for you. Okay. Because you are recognized by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board as a cheese cyclopedia. That's true. That's the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a thing. And yes, they have something called a cheese cyclopedia. All right. So first, will we eat and drink in heaven? And now we're getting into the important questions. Here we go. Well, my first hope is that there are pumpkin spice latte water fountains in heaven, just that we can just go up and get whatever kind of drink we want at any time, or maybe like a bigger PSL fountain that you can swim in. Sorry for that visual. That's kind of a sticky visual there. But Jesus ate and drank after he was resurrected, so we know that. He was hanging out with the disciples. He had breakfast with them. So I think it's really very likely that we'll eat and drink. Now, remember, we'll have perfect bodies, so I think food will taste exactly how God intended it to taste, which I think is a cool thought, and we'll be able to eat and drink perfect food in our perfect bodies. So think of your favorite food or or maybe your favorite drink. I think we'll be able to sit together and enjoy those things, and to top it off, God actually promises that he himself will prepare the food for us. Isaiah 25, 6 says God will spread out a wonderful feast, and he calls it a delicious banquet with wine and meat, and if you add cheese to that, that is the perfect meal, in my opinion. So, yes, I think we will eat and drink in heaven. But there's a... So, well, well, hold on just a second. So that raises all sorts of questions. <laughs> That's true. Mind. The follow-up questions. Like, will I gain weight if That's I right. eat everything I want Do we in have heaven? to count our calories? And can I eat all the sugary yeah. food I want in heaven? Will coffee still affect us in the same way? What happens after we eat? All of those things, yes, we will we'll have to find out later because we will not cover them right now. Fair enough. <laughs> so here's, I, here's a perfect question, I think, for you, Jerry. Will there be sports and entertainment in heaven? Well, we know there'll be music because the book of Revelation, which obviously speaking about heaven, speaks so much about it. You know, music is clearly a gift from God. It allows us to create just like God does. It moves us emotionally, spiritually, even physically. So you may say, so will we dance in heaven? Well, if we're going to, I'm going to need that new body you talked about earlier because this body doesn't dance so well. I would like to see dancing Jerry. I would like to see that. That (laughs) sounds fun to me. I'm not sure I would, (laughs) even in the new body. But uh, will there be art? Will there be drama? Will there be entertainment? I think so. You know, art and entertainment bring out the creative side of us. We have a creative God. It'll all be positive. It'll all be edifying. But, but just think how art and drama and entertainment can stir your soul. And think about the picture that God paints for us all over the earth every day. You know, a mountain stream, a lush green field, a breathtaking sunset, a magnificent view of the ocean. And we know there'll be laughter in heaven. And I love what the um, late author C.S. Lewis says. He says laughter is the serious business of heaven. Will there be sports? I hope so. Uh, I don't know how the whole competition thing will work. We'll let God figure that out. I'm very competitive by nature, and you know it can have a dark side to it, but God also puts that competitive spirit inside me, inside us. 
I love even competing against myself, like setting a goal for myself to compete in a triathlon. And can you imagine like golf courses in heaven? Probably they'll look just like Augusta National Golf Club, right? That's the closest to heaven I've ever been. But just remember, everything we enjoy on earth will be so much better and improved in heaven. That's, that's fun. That sounds like fun to yeah. me. I mean, yeah. so I don't know if Notre Dame will be you know, <laughs> playing football in heaven. I mean, you're a big Notre Dame fan, but like, there, there will be opportunities for entertainment and sports and those types of things that we enjoy now. I mean, that's, that's an exciting thing to look forward to. One more question yeah. for you. Um, how should what we believe about heaven change how we live now? Yeah, so what we've been talking about over the last several weeks, you know, talking about heaven and our perspective of heaven. How does it change how we live today? Why does it matter today? Well, there are two things that we're going to talk about. And first, hope. I think our understanding of heaven and that new and improved body and what we can look forward to gives us hope for today. So imagine something with me. Imagine going to a party, and it's, it's just okay. I mean, there are some people there that you like. There are some light appetizers. You keep waiting for the party to get going, but it never really does. Then your friend comes up to you and says, hey, I need you to leave the party, so let's, let's go. And I mean, you don't really want to leave the party, right? I mean, who wants to leave a party? But you grab your keys, you get in the car, and you go. And you walk into your house. It's eerily quiet. The lights suddenly flip on, and you hear, surprise! And it's a party for you with all the friends that were at the other party and everybody else that you thought, well, why aren't they at this party? Everyone you love, every food you love, and you're just having a great time. I mean, think about being in a perfect body on a perfect earth with perfect relationships, enjoying perfect culture with the perfect Jesus. That's kind of the glimmer of heaven that we get on this side of heaven. That's the ultimate party. And that's what we can hope for. So heaven gives us hope, but I also think it gives us purpose. Our vision here at The Ridge is to do whatever it takes to reach our community for Christ. And the purpose of heaven is really baked right into that vision. I mean, my hope is that my life, my family's lives, the life of this church would actually increase the population of heaven, that we would invite more people to the party, that perfect new and improved party. So I want people, my friends and family, to have the hope of heaven. So today, there are things that we can do to remind, you know, a, a brother or a mom or a neighbor or a coworker about heaven and about Jesus and about the party on heaven that pales into comparison to any party here on earth. Revelation 21, 3 through 5 says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. So heaven gives us 
a hope of what we can expect. No more sorrow, no more tears, no more pain. And it gives us a purpose to invite as many people as we possibly can to the party. So I hope we answered just a few of the questions that maybe you've had before about life and about heaven. And the band is going to come up and they're going to lead us in a few songs. But before they do that, I'd like to pray for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the way that you love us and the love that you show through the opportunity we have to be with you in eternity. And I'm excited. I'm looking forward to a new and improved body, new and improved memory, new and improved relationships, and the party, the celebration that we will have when we're together in heaven. Help us keep that focus and that focus on the hope that comes from heaven and help us as we continue through our lives today, as we continue to interact with with people today, help us keep in mind of the purpose of heaven, to invite people into that right relationship to surrender their lives to you. And I thank you foremost for Jesus and the cross and the hope that comes from that. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen.